That Naturopathic Podcast. TNP. Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio. And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you. This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health. This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well. This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan. This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together. This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it. And we want you to know it. Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about. Okay, welcome to another episode of That Naturopathic Podcast. We're doing our elder series where we're all students with uh, Dr. Verna Hunt, chiropractor and naturopath. Needs no introduction. I've already given you one last time anyway. Um, so, Verna, what are we going to talk about today? It's, it's, a, it's a word that we, we both independently have used. We talked about it earlier. We asked the question, are you swampy in your body? Are you swampy? Mm-hmm. And that's about the lymphatic system, which we're going to explain what that means. And we're going to teach you a little bit about how to optimize it and watch for signs of having a swampy lymphatic system. Because it's like a sewer. It's like a tiling in a drainage field on the farms. It's it's something you want to have working. Otherwise, mm. you feel swampy. Underrated sort of system. And, and maybe like there's no, I don't, are there like lymphatic specialists in conventional medicine? I don't know if there is, right? There's, you've got your cardiologist, you got your endocrinologist, mm-hmm. you got all your every other ologist. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in um, cancer therapies, there is a lot of lymphoma, and mm-hmm. so in that way, they're concerned about what then has happened in the lymph system that has abnormal cells. But as far as there are people look at it, but they include it with hematology, I think, with vascular people. Right. So when, when we're talking about the lymphatic system, like I said, it's a sort of underrated system, um, doing a lot of dirty work, I guess, for us all the time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to, can you give us a little bit of like a, a little primer uh, for, mm-hmm. for those listeners who don't know exactly what we're talking about with the mm-hmm. lymphatic system? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you how you might have had a lymphatic problem, but didn't know it. And... It involves a lot of soreness. Your skull and brain can be sore. It's like when your brain feels too head for your, too big for your skull. And you think, if I could just drill a hole in my skull, I'd feel a lot better. So it's like a hangover. Some of us, many of us have had hangovers. And that hangover could be alcohol. But for people who are really sensitive, well, not really sensitive, sensitive to foods and things, it could be some people too much dairy, too much gluten, uh, too much sugar, too much... Um, sodium chloride salt as opposed to real salt. And um, so you can have soreness, like women can have soreness uh, in their breasts before their period. Um, but it also can relate to fibromyalgia where everything hurts, that everything hurts you. Take a step, everything hurts. And it also can relate to things like constipation and diarrhea. So the lymph system is everywhere in the body, just like we have arteries and capillaries that 
the arteries send um, the uh, blood to the cells. We have trillions of cells. And then the nutrients kind of ooze out and go to the cells, which could be food things, glucose, natural glucose that we make, and um, uh, vitamins, zinc, uh, vitamin D, whatever it is. And then the, then the debris comes back into these capillaries. And then through the little vein capillaries, it brings back a lot of debris, but only 70% comes back through the veins, 30% comes back through the lymph. And where you have a vein, you also have a little lymph channel, and they're clear and colorless, so they can be cut. You can't even really recognize them, say you were having surgery done. So a really good example of that is um, having knee surgery, and a lot of people are having knee surgeries. They cut, they cut all the lymph when they're taking things out and putting the prosthesis part in. And they really have stub- troubles reestablishing that drainage through the knee. And David, you probably have seen people after knee surgery and what happens, but it really isn't pretty. So we're, gonna, we're going to talk about those kinds of things. So 30% of the sewer water comes back. And what is that sewer water? It holds debris. It could hold dead parts of cells or dead parts of critters, uh, like a cold virus, whatever virus means to the COVID world now, but, you know, it's debris coming back that is too hard on your your system. So it comes all the way back from the legs. So it comes up the legs, up the arms, um, up the belly, and then it, it forms a a bigger duct, they call it, like an, an, uh, a vein would, but comes up inside your ribs and dumps into the top inside into your main vein that then goes to the liver and kidney and it sorts it out. But it's carrying um, toxic cargo and it often um, encapsulated in some kind of mucus. We make five liters of mucus a day in our body and then we this disintegrate it and build it and disintegrate it. So that's a lot when you think of five liters. And so some of it's pathological, right? And some of it's just metabolic waste, right? Like they all get lumped into the same, right? Right, right. Yeah, it's like flushing the toilet, right? Mm -hmm. It's like it's going out. You just need it all (laughs) gone. So so our body, um, about 70% of it is water. And if you think of where would we cut cut you off if it was 70%, somewhere in the upper thighs or, you know, you'd just be walking around with feet. Like, really, it's a lot to consider. Like, water is so important, and that might be a topic for another day. But, but the lymph system needs water. Everything needs water. But the lymph system needs water to get the job done. Otherwise, you've got gluey. And that's when you start to get <clears throat> sore. I'm going to take a sip of water. sore and some people will dry Toronto air some people will come in and they say I wake up every day at 530 with a backache what does that tell you David well maybe something going on in the cisterna Carli or that's right so do you want to tell people what that is no, but I, I had this great teacher named Verna Hun who told me a lot about it, and I'd like to defer to her. <laughs> but I do know that it's it's a pretty big reservoir that I don't think in our anatomy training uh, we got – I mean, they don't talk about it. They don't emphasize it very much. But uh, I do remember it being quite a large – well, a cistern um, of lymphatic. Yeah. So it sits in front of 
our sacrum, which for people who don't know what that means, it's the big bone that is the tailbone, right before, be, lower in our belt. It's, it's an upside down triangle. It has a little curve in it. And in front of that, since the, since, since these little, um, channels of lymph that would kind of look like little, little streams coming into a river is what it would kind of look like. And in front of that uh, sits some muscles and in front of that sits the bowel and the uterus, if you have one and a small intestine. So there's layers of things in there between our belly button and our backside. There's a lot going on. There's no spare room. Everything has a place and it should kind of move, move around. It shouldn't be like solid cement at all, except for your bones. You want them to be strong. So all of that gathers and then it makes this channel that comes up and dumps. So sometimes I have seen people come in with a sore shoulder that's chronic, 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 chronic. And when I examine them around their top rib cage, which is right under the collarbones, where that lymph should be dumping, it's all clogged. And then you'll see the ribs at the back and the upper ribs when you think somebody's hit you with a knife in there. And people say, oh, my, I've got a bad shoulder. And I always say, has it been swearing? What makes it bad? <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's off its rocker. It's off its coat hanger. And, mm-hmm. it, and it, it goes in weird places. And it's hard to sleep on, you know, becoming, I can't sleep on this side. All those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the lymph because it's clogging somewhere. And um, it's one of my passions because it's often the hid, hidden secret things that nobody can figure out. Mm-hmm. But if if all of the 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 junky fluid isn't moving well, then you can have um, like Achilles tendonitis. I'm not saying that's the cause always, but it can happen, mm-hmm. um, especially fibromyalgia or in inner inside knee problems. Often we don't get problems on the outside of our knees, but the inside, all the drainage, con- more congestion for prostate. Um, and then chronic, like even in little kids with all their earaches, it's related to that because it's not draining down from the ear. And mm-hmm. That's how I first got interested in it <clears throat> over 40 years ago. So these little kids come in screaming with earaches and their parents trying to avoid antibiotics. But what yeah. what do you do? So there are things like lymph cream, which we'll come back to and, and what happens there. Have I answered your question, David? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about like how thin the lymph is. I think you talked about that. Like it's very thin. It's almost like, uh, is it just like a cell or two th- uh, thick in some? Yes. So it gets, it gets overlooked. And this happens yes. in anatomy a lot, like size of things matters. So when they looked at, I know this from the Burrell training, general anatomists won't look at the ligaments that hold the organs together as, as very significant because they're not very big compared to like a particular you know, the patellar tendon. Well, of course mm-hmm. it's not as big. So they get overlooked. And I just wonder if the same sort of bias sort of happened with, <clears throat> with the lymph. Cause you, like you said, it's very tiny, but it's so important. Yes. Yes. It's, it, it's seemingly very delicate, like spider web delicate, but we all know the strength of a spider web mm-hmm. and it catches bugs and all kinds of things. It can hold the weight of the spider. So we have all and no of- pump system too, right? I think that's, yes. that's important to say that too. Is so is that is very important. So that's where your swampy idea comes in and movement, that's right? right? Movement, all movement. So when people say I have a backache at 5 a.m. every day, it's because they haven't been moving all night and the lymph isn't moving. Whereas if you say I have a backache only when I run, that's a bi- 
probably a biomechanical problem, right? Mm-hmm. So when people say, oh, I wake up and my arm is aching or any, anything, you'll think, well, they've been still all that time, yeah, unless, yeah. They, unless they're sleeping like a rototiller. But but they're, they're still and and they they're sore and they're they're like they feel creaky they can't st- they go oh again so even young people oh i can't stand up and right away i i know it's the limb system but you know it took me decades to figure that out mm-hmm. i thought what is going on in there which is always the best question for a doctor to have to think mm-hmm. about what what are the possibilities so if your sewer isn't working just like if your toilet isn't flushing in the house how long do you be, want to live in that house mm-hmm. not too long or you want to yeah. get an outhouse or something but you don't yeah. want to be there so the lymph is very delicate it's see-through the vessels are see-through they will mend after a time like surgery but it takes quite a long time doesn't take as long as nerves but it does take quite a long time. And sometimes they'll get about 80% better. And then whatever the issue has been, that last 20% takes a long time. But they're happy with 80% when they've had maybe 5% function of a right. foot or whatever it, whatever it is. So, um, so there's, you know, bones, skull, fascia, all kinds of things that involve the lymph. It's everywhere. It's your... It's your drainage. Just like if you were watering your garden, you wouldn't want the water to go just in one spot. You it seeps through all the all of the soil. That's what you mm-hmm. want to have happen. So we have these lymph channels and we have nodes. So when the drainage of this kind of gooey liquid comes along, a little sticky, it goes in the lymph nodes and there's certain special things in the lymph nodes, especially in the large intestine and the small intestine. They're called Peyer's patches, P-E-Y-E-R. But there's these little nodes and, and magically, it seems, that's where people start to form antibodies. So sometimes you can have a sore belly even to touch when, when, <laughs> when people are, I'm very sorry about this. Pa. When people are, um, say, fighting off a cold, and um, and they pr- can produce a lot of snot and phlegm to bind all that, but it still has to drain out, or you have to co- cough it out. But you see that with little kids with ear and all that stuff, they they hork out mucus, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's quite sticky and so on. So, so you can, it all, all comes in, uh, in this way. So you have these lymph nodes, you have them under your jaw, you can have them in your armpits, you can have them in your groin, but sometimes it can be down the inner th- thigh. You can have all of these places that make, um, very special what we would call antibodies. So the next time that thing comes around, you'll be, oh, okay, that intruder is in here again, that um, ragweed pollen or say, you know, whatever it could be, it recognizes. And that's what we want our immune system to do. The lymph system is very important to the immune system. So that's why I have people do skin brushing. So in the Scandinavian countries, they use loofahs and birch leaves and all kinds of things. But if you um, Google skin brushing, you'll notice that you brush everything towards the middle, towards the belly, heart area, and um, 
of all the lymph in our body, 70% is in the gut because that's where immunity starts is in the mm-hmm. gut, in a, in a baby. So, you know, rubbing your, your gut in a clockwise fashion. And that's why when you put castor oil packs on your gut or from in women, I say, include your breasts. If you're going to do it to your gut, boobs to pubes. And you've uh, you got to say bu- boobs to pubes. That That's what everyone will remember. Yes. <laughs> and so the castor oil molecule is very small and it, and it just soaks in to inside the body and it will break down scar tissue. Like say 20 years ago, a woman had a C-section and she's always had this little pull in one part of the scar or another. And if you put castor oil on that and it's a little sticky, so wear an old t-shirt, don't care about and go to bed. You mm-hmm. could put heat on it. You could put heat on it. But some of us are lazy and or urgent. I'm kind of, oh, I don't have time for that and whatever. <laughs> so I just rub it on and it helps break up the scar tissue. So that's a great, great thing for scar tissue. And then it all oozes out through the lymph. So for example, recently I had a woman come in with a low back problem and I'm feeling around her sacroiliac joints. And uh, I feel this like big wad of dried up double bubble gum. It felt like it was an old, old scar. I said, you've injured yourself here. She said, well, 30 years ago, I fell down some steps and really hurt myself. 30 years. So that was really old and dense. So I had her, I rubbed it medium. What are you feeling at that point, uh, Verna? Are you feeling the joint space? Are you feeling one of the bones? I'm feeling the tissue right at the, well, in that case, lower left SI. It was like a wad of gum yeah <clears throat> i'm gonna have a slippery on lozenge <laughs> good advertising for a demulsion but one of my favorite one of my favorite grandma medicines demulsions <laughs> tell them what that means david a demulsion well i like to go with word origins sometimes they tell us a lot and it, the word origin means uh, it's latin for to caress so the demulsant sort of caresses irritated uh, tissues. And uh, most people know about Aveeno, like that cream Aveeno, which is made from Avena sativa, which is oats. And so people understand oatmeal with that slippery, yeah. that slippery yeah. sort of mucilaginous stuff. So yeah, just very soothing. So Verna's yeah. soothing her throat with a demulsant. Yes, yes. I, I work in a building that uh, doesn't have, um, what do you call that? Humidification. Anyway, <clears throat> well, this is kind of embarrassing. Cough, cough, cough. Anyway, where was I, David? Um, oh, castor oil packs. So that can really help the lymph in around your gut because it, it has a really big job of, of guarding your body from whatever it is you ate or didn't eat, I suppose, about what's going to then go to your liver. Then your liver has to filter it. And then eventually the kidneys filter it. There's a lot of filters in the body. But on a cellular level, the lymph has a job of what you call water that's around the cell. And then there's water in the cell. So the ratio of water inside all the cells to outside should be 60% inside and 40% outside. And things get carried in and out of the cell with minerals and other other ways. But minerals are really important. Now, if you can't get the it out, you have to look at the cell membranes and what they're deficient. It could be good oils or protein or 
selenium there's that's a mineral there's other things and then if you if you get that ratio switch so you've got 60 percent of the water outside the cells it's like your uh your your sewer your f- toilet isn't flushing quite as well as it should because yeah. probably the filters the liver and kidneys and other things are not filtering well because they're clogged up with um debris or medication debris or pollution just what they spray in the cities for supposed or just bugs. regular or just regular end products right like regular yeah. metabolic end pro- i always feel like that gets forgotten like there's all this uh-huh. other stuff for sure but just making energy we, we make waste no matter what sort yeah. of perspective you're taking right yes that's right yeah so but what are the signs, Verna? There's, if someone's listening. They're going, I don't know if I'm swampy. What are some of the, like, okay, we've got pain in some of these uh, areas that you've, you've pointed out. Um, we'll have to get yeah. back to the, we'll have to get back to the, was there anything else to talk about with the sacred iliac bubble gum or? No, it was just um, what I, what I knew had to happen there was they had, the body had to break down that tissue and I needed to mm-hmm. adjust them. And I had them use some Arnica cream and other things, but I also said, I'm going to put castor oil on this because it calls upon the T white tweet T white T cells to come mm-hmm. in and gobble up debris. Mm-hmm. So then we can get rid of, you know, the crunchy granola or whatever it is that's sitting in there because it was interfering with the mechanics. And so she was developing a, a, a gimpy way of walking, you know? Yeah. Is and it so- best combining uh, the castor oil with some kind of manual uh, therapy at the same time, or is it something you just put on topically and let it do its magic? Let it do its magic. I, I mean, I, I, I don't apply lots of things to people while I'm working. Yep. Um, but, um, there are exceptions to that, but, um, it's such an easy thing to do and i rub it into my hands really often because of the work i do because my yeah. hands have to be soft but strong yeah. you know all those kinds of things yeah I've, i when i was on uh my soccer days are long gone but uh when i was playing soccer towards the end i was using uh, castor oil for uh, sprains and strains and a couple of guys were you know sporting enough to give it a go and they said it was it was amazing how how well it helped with uh uh, just just recovery from injury. So I thought that was interesting too. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. Now there was another thought there. I wanted to capture about the bowel and the lymph. Hairs patches you talked about. Um, I'll come back. It'll come back. Okay. Yeah. So um. Yeah. Oh, h- how do you know when you might have a problem? So this is one thing that women really relate to. And some men, they'll say, they'll describe a problem. I said, does your whole body or in that area, do you feel poofy? Poofy. And they understand exactly what I mean. Often it happens to women premenstrually. But you can have a chronic thing. Ever since I I had my first knee replacement, um, the from the knee down, my foot feels poofy, a little gushy when I step on it. It's almost imperceptible, but there's something about it. If the tissue's poofy, and this isn't, I had this happen with a man who's like really tall. He's in his early seventies. And ever since he had the surgery, he was happy with his knee, but he had this poofy leg. Um, and it kind of made him feel just a little unsteady. Like he was a gardener in a 
farming kind of guy. Um, so, so you want the lymph, which all got mashed up and cut in the surgery and it's backflow. It isn't coming through. So you rub it around the knee and on the whole leg and put on some old sweatpants and, you know, where you go. So there's this puffy feeling. Uh, do you know what I mean, David? Do you know? Yeah, I actually, I know, I know what you, I know what you mean. And even in, so like some naturopaths would probably, uh, understand if they understand some of the older stuff like the lymphatic constitution that hydrogenoid sort of is that sort of the same idea what you're talking about absolutely yeah absolutely absolutely so they're carrying around and you know talking on the physical and metaphysical or non-physical people who are display is quite emotional the chemicals that you make with anger rage bitterness despair hysteria are very toxic and you can and even if you try and suppress it and some people do they'll come in and i'll i'll touch their body and i and and they some of them are tiny beautiful or very athletic or whatever and i touch them i said oh you're you're puffy and they go (laughs) i am that's a good word (laughs) And, and sometimes it's just sections of the body um you know, the diaphragm up, the diaphragm down. Yeah. Uh, just in the upper limbs, just in the lower limbs. Which tells you something too, right? Like as a mm-hmm. clinician, you're going to be You thinking, have to think where that drains to. Yeah, exactly. So you, I think you just touched on it, but I think it's really important. Yeah, I think uh, if people understand that all of the lymph drains into those thoracic ducts, that's really important, right? So, yeah. And so, so if they're blocked... I mean, I guess that's where you start, is it not? That's right. So if you can find your collarbones, which everybody can find, and you feel underneath them, people often don't realize those are ribs right there. But you just pump on them like like, like you're pumping on your cheek, but you're pumping. You don't pump hard and you don't poke. You just pump them, pump them, pump them. Or one hand onto the other side, one hand on the other side. Pump, 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 pump. And then you can do your skin brushing, which gets it all activated, or you can go on a little rebounder. Or I have a, I have a, what I call the jiggle machine where you, it alternates sides and you jiggle on it. The jiggle machine. Yeah. T-zone therapy, or there's other brand names. That's a brand name. Okay. And it's what was invented for the astronauts because when they're on the sky station or whatever you call that, a space station, <laughs> um, they don't have enough gravity and movement to keep their lymph moving. Uh-huh. And sometimes their blood even backflows a bit, which is not good. And um, uh, so that that really helps to have that movement as if you're walking and all the lymph will start to move. So, um, yeah, I've used a, a, t- a jiggle machine T-zone since um, 2009 when I first saw them. Mm-hmm. And I have another technology called Beamer, but I'm not going to talk about that a lot today, but it really helps with that action of the lymph and the circulation to return. But they're they're designing things for NASA now, so that's why I thought of it for the space station guys and girls. But how long does it take before here's here's what I struggled with when I was when I was younger and I I have to admit I still struggle sometimes with treating lymph properly or incorporating it into a a comprehensive sort of plan for someone is that it's so subtle. You're like, you, you know, that lymphatic, you, you've seen these courses on like lymphatic drainage and stuff like that. The touch is so light and it seems so 
it's it's like there's no way that's doing anything. Can you can you give us any insight into like how maybe that light touch is still doing something? It, yes, it, it is. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some really simple examples. I have a clinical one that would help you understand it better. As I know you do osteopathic stuff now. When someone's lying on their back and you're on their belly and you're trying to affect what's just in front of the spine and pelvis, you don't just poke in. You put your hands on and then you slowly apply pressure and you begin to pump in some manner, right? Is that what you do with it? Yeah, well, I, I I invite the tissues to my hand is is sort of the mentality that I'm going with. Yes, yeah. very good. That's very good for cranial work too, subtle cranial work. I had a lot of trouble with that being a chiropractor. I wanted to really hook at it. <laughs> and so when I just put my hands under the skull and I waited, then I thought, oh, I finally felt that. It took mm-hmm. me a long time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you just have to present my greatest example of that is newborns who are having some kind of pr- trouble sucking or something's wrong. And so I do cranial sacral work on them and I just put my hands there and whatever it is they want treated, they'll push that part of their body right into your hand. It's an amazing experience. It's and like then when you use, well, you've only done a couple of these episodes with like you use newborns as a standard. <laughs> yes. Yes for how it's supposed to be yeah yeah so so here's what i tell people if you drink a good amount of water that you should every day a good water and you skin brush maybe not every day maybe three times a week half your problems will be gone i don't care what's wrong with you your sewer's working hold on hold on hold on repeat that repeat that that's worth repeating okay you drink half your weight in fluid ounces of water unless you are what I would call have abnormal adipose tissue, which is fat, obese, and we have a lot of obesity. But if we if we uh, denigrate obese people and they weigh 300 pounds, so they have to drink 150 ounces of water, that makes no sense. Their kidneys are going to croak. So I say, what do you think your ideal weight is? And they might say 160, let's say 160. Well, that's 80 ounces of water. So that's two and a half liters. That is a goal. It takes a while to get there because you don't force feed yourself water because you'll just be peeing in your shoe. And your cells that are trying to get things in and out, they're going, who's being so pushy here? I'm, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, and dry skin brushing, you said that and that dry skin brushing, brushing will do what? Take half your problems away. That's a big claim. I know. Try it. That's, Try yeah. it for yourself. That's a big claim from a from someone who knows. So well if you if your sewer's working, then it's not screwing up all your metabolic processes mm-hmm. and things are getting in and out better. It's kind of like having full oxygen, you know. Oh, good. Yeah. I can breathe in as opposed to having blocked airways or like whatever. Yeah. And so it is something I made up. Do I have evidence-based research uh, yeah it's called practicing but um it isn't according to the standard but if you can get people skin brushing and doing this other thing it's like um when you want to do cl- cl- uh, washing clothes by hand you have to really wring them out you have to get them so they can dry but if they can't dry they'll be swampy too like they're just mm-hmm. oh that sweater still isn't dry it's been three months you know <laughs> So you, 
you 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 invite the water in and the body goes oh we've got enough water we can pee that out that oh we can get rid of that but if you dehydrate and die it knows that you're in big trouble and 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 you know that's why it's so important to sip water if you have fever cold flu things because um and i don't mean force feed i mean sip mm-hmm uh, and, um, a lot, a lot of things can really be helped. Will it, you get over the flu faster? I think so. Well, but what actions a... don't really depend on water, like, or what, what, you know, healthy physiological conditions don't depend on water. So, yeah. yeah. So few. Yeah. yeah. So if you put more water in, I mean, you could kill yourself drinking too much water. It's true. Anything kill you. But mm-hmm. if you invite it in, invite it in, invite it in, the body's going to go, well, let's get this out of here. Now, is that true if somebody's on a kidney dialysis? I wouldn't think so. That's a whole other circumstance. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking what you can do for yourself that's cheap and cheerful. Cheap mm-hmm. and cheerful is important. Yeah. I mean, because Agreed. and it has to become a habit. And teaching your kids to skin brush because you can get those little mitts that are kind of bubbly, and they love that. They love that. Okay, so what skin brush should I get? So we, my fiance, we're we're getting her. Uh, I was going to get her loofah. But what do you what do you think is the best thing to get like at my local health food store to start? They'll with skin have those brushing? little gloves. Yeah. They'll be colored. They're in a fabric that has a little texture to it. Yeah. And they're great because you can reach everywhere, and then you don't have to be hanging on to the thing. Right. Your hand is the thing. That's yeah. my opinion. Okay. I mean, I have other things that are long, and I have a long piece of fiber, something that I do my back with. But just for my body, like I, you know, my feet and my nails and just doing your whole finger. There's so many acupuncture points here. You, you can feel your body get excited and go, whoa, what was that? That yeah. was good. Do that again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and kids, kids will think it's fun. And, um, and so say you had arthritic hands and then you're trying to hold a loofah in this and you just put these little gloves on and reached where you could. And in the reaching, you're getting exercise and stretching. So it's good for any age, yeah. you know, to, to do that. And if you, the best you can brush everything towards the center, um, there is a more complicated formula. And if you want that great, go online and get it because it's very available. Mm-hmm. But when you're doing something new, you don't need 20 steps. And how are we how are we affecting the deeper lymphatic? So let, we talked about cisterna chile at the beginning of this. So well, obviously I can't massage my cisterna chile. Are we right. making room for uh, e, sort of efflux from that area yeah. by clearing out the, the more distal areas? Yeah, like arms distal. But there are other things you can do. One is just... Um, breathing and and this is this is what i say to people it's one of my sayings you know it isn't exactly polite but you won't forget it sayings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and i say don't breathe forcefully and don't try and fill up with you know 100 gallons of air i said breathe into your crotch mm-hmm. so your your pelvic floor is like a diaphragm your diaphragm's a diaphragm you have a diaphragm in your skull and your the arch of your foot is a diaphragm. So Bernie, you're you going to get us an explicit rating. I never would have, I never would have guessed this. What? You're going to, if you keep all these, these, these rude terms going on here, we're going to get an explicit, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I see. I see. I didn't. Yeah, oh, yeah, what yeah. A, I never would have thought, you know, I would, Kara would have been the one I would have thought to get us into that saucy trouble. Oh, I anyway. see. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, so fun. when you breathe in and you can feel your pelvic floor opening a little, you're breathing in 
And if you're standing, you will actually feel more pressure on your arch. And we're not so aware of in our head, but if you um, put your tongue on the roof of your mouth and you breathe in, you will maybe feel it come down a tiny bit. It's like an intention, right? When you say, like, I always found that difficult in yoga, like breathe into your pelvis or like your crotch, like you're saying, like, just so you don't forget. It's funny. Um, it's more like just an intention, but I did struggle with it. So what do you say to people who go, like, how do we mean, what do you mean breathe into my crotch? Because maybe they're more literal or something. So if, you, if, you're, if you've ever had a poo that didn't come out very easily and you kind of had to push down into there, you know, grunt. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. More or okay. less. And I want to go back to something you said about the the body sort of accepting water. And I I wanted to see what you thought about, uh, you know, because there might be people out there who have this or, or clinicians who notice this. Because I've noticed it in a couple of people. It's like the people who can't accept water, they like they, they drink water and it's like it goes right through me. What do you what do you what are you sort right. of what are your thinking that's processes a, that's going a on? Very there? good thought. Very good question. Why is that happening? Why isn't it going into the cells? What's missing? Minerals that are highly absorbable, like like um, pico-sized, which means so small you can't hardly think about it. But if you had, if in every, all the salt, you, uh, water you drink, say a glass of water, and it's not just, you try and have it as clean as possible. You put a micro pinch, like a zittle zit of Himalayan or gray sea salt, because that has all the minerals in it. But what is touted as salt and has been sold for decades uh, is mainly sodium chloride, which is two minerals. But if, if you have a satisfying salt, people say, I'm really bad, I eat a lot of salt. I say, let's see. And I go and get my salt. I said, you can pick. I have all kinds of really good salt at the clinic. I say, eat as much as you want. Begin now. And by the time they have a third or a half a teaspoon in, they're done. Mm -hmm. They said, oh, I don't want any more. I said, yeah, because your brain tasted that and it knows it's got what it wants. Mm -hmm. It's like eating um, a really good homemade hamburger that you made versus a McDonald's burger. Or it's like um, eating real food, like as opposed to empty yeah the satiety mechanisms are there for like real food and i'd argue that even um i heard this uh jade tita jade tita i think that's his name uh anyways he he talked about satiety being like a good indication that you've eaten a food that's good for you and i never really i don't think we were taught that in school but i i use it now with patients like you know for example i eat oatmeal and i and you know people will say oh my god grains or whatever but like i feel so full for such a long period of time with it, I have great bowel movements and I go, well, how can I argue with that yeah. sort of satiety? So it's a good bowel? food for you. Yeah. Yeah. For me, oatmeal has never been a good food. It just makes me want to eat more carbs. Aha. Uh-huh. But if I have say quinoa or wild rice, not rice, mm-hmm. I good, but I don't eat a lot of carbs because my body got so confused by being fed that way. And I also, I didn't drink water as a child. I drank fresh cow milk. So Mm -hmm. I was, (laughs) because I was brought up on a farm, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's taking me time to learn all of that. But if you put a food in your mouth and your body goes, at last, what took you so long? Yeah. I'm that way with guava juice. 
And I had to research what guava juice had in it because I'm not a big juice. But when guava juice just gets in my mouth, I go, well, it's about time. (laughs) And it's manganese. That's what makes guava juice unique, which is all the stretchy stuff. And it's the only mineral involved in making glucose in your body and so on, in the mitochondria and so on. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there, that's a really, I mean, it's, this is simple stuff, but I think it's important to, to, for people to note that like, you know, we're fairly healthy naturopathic doctors and oatmeal is a really good friend of mine and it's terrible for you. And this is why those formulaic diets uh, sometimes just fall flat on their face. Right. Yeah. And also to think what, what, what I say to people, what do you crave? Oh, they go chocolate. I said, Oh, that's magnesium. That's why you want that. I said, and then I say, is it, is it dark chocolate? milk chocolate i mean i get really specific you think there's something to that yeah they don't just want to treat no hmm i ask them what kind of chocolate bar they eat or potato chips i they say i eat potato chips i say what's your favorite kind did i talk about this last time you talked to me i i don't know if you talked to i don't know if we talked about it on uh like live or or on recording so tell me about potato chips yeah, so potato chips, potatoes, there's certain things that make serotonin in the brain, which is one of your happy chemicals. And um, so potatoes is one food that does it. Anything that crunches, you know, when you want to eat crunchy food yeah. and and salt. So potato chips is the triumvirate of serotonin, uh, you know, hello, release. Yeah. But, you know, everybody wants the crunchiest chip. And most people, can I name the brands? Yeah, of course. So one is Miss Vicky's and the other one is um, Lay's. What's so good about them? They crunch. Mm-hmm. They're the crunchiest ones. Yeah. That's what people tell me. I, I ask everybody. It's really so interesting. You talk to me about this as like, a, you know, because my problem is if I have chips, I eat, I eat all the chips. Yeah. Um, and so do you have a little like adaptation to snacking on chips for people that don't want to go like, oh, I don't, I never eat chips because we know that that's going to fall flat on its face okay. at some point. Too. Eat, what do you- eat, eat your fiber and your vegetables and everything first and then have a little snack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're full. Fiber yeah. feel, makes you feel full. Yeah. You also could make your own oven french baked cheap chips like you just cut them really thin and put oil and salt on them and bake them well you said there's something about potatoes in general too right yes it increases the serotonin mm-hmm. there's a book about that that's how i know that i love spuds i used to be called spud king when i was when i was young maybe i needed more serotonin don't know still love so, potatoes though so we were there's something we forgot oh the water so puffy that's where we mm-hmm. were puffy so why aren't and the water going- that yeah that doesn't the water that doesn't get sort of assimilated yeah yeah so what's what's lacking in the cell membrane so cell membrane has three layers and it's usually in some circular like it's not a box it's a enclosed blob of something something and then something goes on inside the cell so the membrane has a protein layer uh, uh, and it's surrounded on both inner and outer sides by oils. So if your oil um, nutrient in your diet, diet is Dur- Frito-Lay Dorito corn chippy things, it's not good oil, right? But if you're having, you know, good olive oil or good sunflower seed oil, or <coughs> avocados, or um, people think oils are bad. They're not bad. They're not bad. Bad oils are bad. 
and you have to, you know, they need to be cold pressed and all of that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. uh, and coconut oil is very good for some people. They do well on that. Good coconut oil, clean coconut oil. And then there are many kinds of oils. People are connoisseurs of this stuff. So if you eat oils, you do feel, feel very uh, satiated. Is that satiety? How do you say that word? Sated? I don't know what I actually yeah. screw this up all the time. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we are. Anyways, like if I can remember being in, you know, um, in the early 70s in Europe and eating uh, in Italy and France thinking, who knew food could taste like this? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so you really want to have a little pinch of salt in your water. Not so you'll even taste it. Just like our tears when we cry are salty. We're a salty animal. So we want good salt and we want good water and we want to sip it. And if you're drinking no water today, do not drink two liters tomorrow. Because mm-hmm. your body will take it as an insult. All really? of us animals love salt. Like, have you seen some of the things that some animals will climb like 80 degree inclines to lick salt on a, I've seen this, I don't know, I've seen this like in nature where animals will climb death defying heights to get salt. Like it's, and they can smell that it's there. Otherwise mm-hmm. they wouldn't do it. Yeah. So we want salt because the salt, salt are the escort service in our body. It takes things in and takes things out. Mm-hmm. So to to get certain nutrients into our body, we need calcium and sodium. And to get it out, we need magnesium and potassium. And that's why Epsom salts work because they're, they're uh, sulfur for one and magnesium for the other, and they pull stuff out. And if you have a bath and you put equal amounts of Epsom salts in and apple cider vinegar, you'll get even more pull. I call it my fish and chip bath, salt bath. <laughs> How much, uh, how, how much apple cider? I use, I like, I love, um, Epsom salts, but how much apple cider vinegar? Equal amounts. I? Oh, yeah. 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 Mm. Equal amounts. Okay. Yeah. And then I shower off after because I don't want to smell like vinegar all day. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, getting, you didn't talk in- about, Oh, sorry. You didn't talk about the breast yet. I don't think, I mean, right. we're talking about lymph, right? So yeah. that would so make the sense breast, at some point. There's a part called the tail, which goes up into the armpits. <clears throat> Here's what I tell women from a very young age. <clears throat> I say, when you're having your shower bath morning or night, <clears throat> get soap on your hands and talk to your breasts. Say, good morning, girls, or good night, girls, or whatever it is. I call them girls. And um, you feel them every day. And if something goes wrong you will know because you've done this every day just like washing your face just like brushing your teeth you don't avoid them you go you 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 talk to your whole body that way how are you doing legs um because we need to really engage in consciousness so with um there's more lymph drainage on the outer breast in the tail up to the armpit and that's where women uh, can get sore if they're estrogen and progesterone, but mostly estrogen isn't breaking down well in the liver. That tells me that their liver is part of the problem because it's clogging and the lymph is having to pool, shove the debris somewhere. So breasts or um, some people, it's um, their thighs or it could be anywhere. It could be anywhere, but it's usually where there's more flesh, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, then you can do skin brushing on, on your breasts. Don't be mean. Uh, you just brush up towards, or just with your hand, up towards your armpit. 
and then can do the same thing on their genitals you know just feel them know what they all feel like uh so that there's no lumps and bumps there or swelling this kind of oh my underwear doesn't go around my leg the same way you know Mm -hmm. be aware be aware of that but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of lymph in our um uh crotch and all around there's a lot of lymph Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you have a C-section or you have even a vasectomy or whatever, some major lymph thing can get clogged. And then it's always just a little swampy, a little puffy. Mm-hmm. Brennan, what do you think in when everyone's got, or when someone's got just systemically like all over, they seem to have their lymph glands are sort of uh, palpable and inflamed or, or maybe not inflamed, but at least enlarged. Yes. Yes. Well, they're not dumping somehow. There's some filter downstream that isn't working well. Downstream being? being Liver, kidneys. Right. And and then does that mean you sort of, when you're, when you're thinking it with this patient case or whatever, you're, you're thinking about starting with the more downstream, uh, clearing those downstream things so you don't sort of move things above them and then they get clogged up. Is that sort of what you're thinking? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And I'll often, I do a lot of homeopathic drainage. Uh, there's different companies that have different things, but there's something like generally a liver combo. Uh, there's usually two or three bottles, but not necessarily. There is a wonderful uh, lymph uh, drops uh, that many companies from Europe have. Um, and um, But before that, I if they're constipated and their liver isn't working and they look kind of yellow, uh, we got to start there. Yeah. And and if their their biome is like, you know, twilight zone or something, you know, you have to get their gut happy and uh happier, happier. So um I don't go I don't dig deep, but if they're really, really lymphy, I will um probably give them some lymph drops, maybe not first time, but maybe second time. Mm-hmm. And explain the lymph system to them and tell them what to look for, all these things, so that they'll be participating. And um, uh, some people have a kind of negative propensity to um, have a more clogged lymph system as well. You'll see that genetically. I've seen it in families. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so there's things that can probably make it worse, you know, bad lifestyle choices like just even like makeup, uh, what you're putting on your body or the soap you're using, like what's in it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, Especially those that stay on for a period yeah. of time. There's, right? What like was that makeup. book called? There's lead in my lipstick, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know that one. Yeah, it's, it's a long time ago, but it's a good <laughs> book. Um, yeah, so uh, what else I want to talk to you about here? Let's see. Yeah, we talked about the cellular ratio other things to do well walking and um look up these vibrational machines and a rebounder rebounder is a great thing it doesn't have to be really hard it's just a little bouncing you can even sit on it and begin that way or um some people wouldn't necessarily feel uh, safe on a rebounder if they're really uh elderly or or not moving well um but these machines that originally were developed for the astronauts um, do a very good job. I mean, I have, my mom uses one every night because she wakes up and if she's in any hip pain, she gets on a jiggle machine. She's 102, so other people can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, red clover tea. Red clover tea is a great thing. And I have people use it's very inexpensive. And you can pick your own red clover if you're out in the countryside. It's that green clover with a really ready purple top on it. And you pick the flowers and you can dry it. And then you put a couple flowers in a, in a, in a teapot. And then you steep it for about hot water. Then, of course, boiling water. And then you steep it for not long, maybe five minutes. And then you can have half a cup or a cup, but don't overdo it because it really gets the limb system going. But I do have people do it as a preventive thing and, and have moms that are breastfeeding drink it. Uh, and then when the kids get older, I have them make peppermint tea with the red clover because it doesn't taste like anything. Mm-hmm. So kids like peppermint tea or other teas, but they really do like peppermint tea. What is the red clover doing? Like, I've always struggled with this. What is, you know, we have a, we, we talk about this sometimes off, off air, how we like to have, or we, we have a lot of uh, colleagues or there's naysayers who like want everything mechanistically uh, explained perfectly in some linear sense that is, yeah, okay. It's helpful at times, but doesn't always cut it. What is, what's our best sort of, understanding of what's going on with the with the lymphatic stimulants like what is actually going on there even if it's just what you think is going on in your mind that's a really good question i i I am not a certified herbalist for sure and i'm sure i've looked at this up at some point in my career but i forget a lot actually over 40 years so so um i know in general that it will very quickly change the lymph from something that is stagnant and kind of rubbery to a softer and I can tell there's more flow because it doesn't feel hard like some people get lymph nodes like in their groin or in their armpits or right under their cheeks here when they've been filtering something like a root canal I've seen that so many times mm-hmm. so I I have um a cream that I use, and there's many types of this. It's called lymph cream. Um, the one that I get now has changed its name to cleaver's cream because it's the main herb in it. Mm-hmm. And you put it on under the throat, on the throat and under the collarbones, or you could put it on your low back and then under the collarbones and all that kind of thing. And um, two nights ago, I woke up with my right ear canal hurting and and a little swollen here so i just got up and put cream on it and by the time i woke up two hours later it was gone mm-hmm. so what is it doing it's allowing the stuckness of whatever the debris in there to let go it changes the quality of the um the resistance in the vessel yeah. now exactly how it does does that biochemically I would say I don't know. I just right. know experientially that it works. Um, I find the creams, other creams have been really uh, very impactful. I used one. Uh, what's the one by, uh, I don't, I don't care. Uh, I don't care if we say the name uh, of brands and stuff on this show. Um, it was by Pasco and it's lymph diarol. That's what yeah, it was. Lymph diarol. And I it used is- that on a sty. Uh-huh. And I, w- I remember I just kept using it like maybe three days or whatever. And then I was in the shower and I just went uh, and just sort of like scooped underneath, you know, where the yeah. gland is there. And it just popped right out. 
Yeah. It was, it was amazing. It's just like, it, it just allowed that uh, decongestion to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that so I, can, ha- that can happen. You know, the little swellings you get up the shaft of the eyelash, they're called something. The myobian gland or something like yeah. that. Yeah. That will work um, on those kinds of things. And also castor oil when they get really big and they're, the castor oil will help it too. Um, but lymph cream is great for ears and throat and mm-hmm. all that. And you'd always be applying near the thoracic duct too there just to make yeah, sure. Yeah, always under the collarbone. That's the yeah. destination. Yeah. And sometimes that's the problem. You think, what is the problem? And you trace it back. And they said, oh, yeah, I broke my collarbone when I was mountain biking when I was 17. And ever since then, this shoulder isn't right. If it's a woman, this breast feels more sore. Or you can go way downstream yeah. and, and you'll, you'll have a sore low back. Or the lymph nodes that are in our groin along our underwear line where it goes. Um, if those are congested or there's been surgery there, then you could have a, a, like a soreness behind the knee. You think, oh, this is a Baker cyst, but it's not. Or it could be in the Achilles and in the foot. It, it so, seems like treating lymph, you know, whether it's your primary uh, target or w- one of your primary things you're trying to treat with someone or yourself, if you're uh, someone listening as a patient, it seems like a great uh, sort of accompaniment to whatever else That's you're right. doing. That's right. That's right. So when people come in and I listen to them and I probably know them for a long time, I just say, lie down, because I they can keep talking, but I start working. And I check their belly. I check their belly. I check both the uh, the whole belly, and then I check both um, right and left lower quadrants where the iliostic and sigmoid flexure are. Yep. So, for example, if the sigmoid flexure, which it, it goes down and bends, and then it goes back and bends, and then it goes down again. I call it the design flaw for us Westerners, because we don't squat enough to stretch it out. Right. So sometimes the big, deep bend of the sigmoid flexure is right down in the bowl of that pelvis. So you have to go and bring it back towards the mm-hmm. belly button. And you and you do it quite gently unless absolutely necessary where you have to kind of rip the adhe- off the adhesions off the pelvic wall. But um, you can do a lot of scooping. It's like scooping mashed potatoes. And then you have them put lymph cream there and teach them to do the scooping. And then they're pooping better. But you see, when it makes all those turns, it's not one dimensional. It can turn and twist and then come up and turn and twist. And if you have even a semi-hard stool in there trying to make those turns, it's like a 16-way turn. It's not a three-way mm-hmm. turn, point turn, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to get it so that the, the fecal matter can flow out. And um, sometimes people have a drop pelvic fault vault because they birthed six kids or they were lifting a lot as on mm-hmm. a job or whatever and now i i'm always checking people's okay keep talking i'm just checking your belly here mm-hmm. and they're used to it now but i when i was first starting out no no i didn't do that i was cracking moans you know? yeah and what about what about like a fecaloma where you we have like a, a fecal uh sort of like a stuck piece of of poop there um, 
I, I hear about it in kids. I haven't seen too many. I've I've worked with people after they've had them. But what what are you gonna feel or or see when when maybe someone has like a, a fecaloma? Because I have a pelvic floor physio as a friend here in town, and and she's she's quite aware of them. And I wasn't as aware of them. What's your sort of understanding of them? I don't know that I have a conscious understanding, but I do move a lot of stuff around in that area, and it and it is something that is very hard. And I'm I'm taking the torque out of the actual um, large intestine. Mm-hmm. It's it's um, you just get better at it. You have to feel about a thousand bellies before you know what you're doing. But just keep feeling them. Just keep feeling mm-hmm. them. So if it's hard and it's not just a little ball, and it's got to maneuver through something that only has a certain diameter, you have to reposition it enough so it can come out with the most appropriate diameter for it to get itself out. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Does that yeah, yeah. It, no, it does. I, I just, I, I want to, um, I, I just love talking about the belly. You know, my, my thing with bringing up the belly and we can, we can talk about it. And I just think it's so important and uh, it just doesn't get uh, as much. I think it's because it's hidden. I think we talked about it previously though. It's because it's sort of hidden and gush sort of like uh, mushy and, and hard to feel that it gets overlooked, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good link between lymph and the belly. That, that yes. Too. Cause 70% of our belly is wrapped around our 70% of our lymph is wrapped around our belly. Yeah. So if you do the castor oil and you just do that circular massage and then, you know, me, I use this analogy of the, the bowl is the bones and the ribs and mm-hmm. the belly is the mashed potatoes and you want it mm-hmm. away from the sides. Mm-hmm. And with that analogy, it took me forever to come up with it, but they, the people just do it. Are some better than others? Yeah, sure. But at least they're doing something. Yeah. And they can do it for their children and um, do it for themselves. In fact, I have, you can do it lying down or lying on your side or lying in a big bathtub full of water on your side because in the water, it's easier to do. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's a nice thing and you know it, it it you can when in doing that how i started doing that more and more was i i move uteruses upward too so you can do that and you won't you won't hurt yourself but there's um, a whole massage technique that the mayan indian midwives use um to reposition and it works very well mm-hmm. it works very well so if if uh, someone's listening and they were, were smart enough to hear that uh, you said uh, if you take care of your lymph, it's gonna it's gonna help your symptoms by half. Lymph and water, lymph yeah. and water. Okay, so I'm gonna take take you up on on a bit of a lymph challenge here. And so, what are the few things I can do day to day? Because we have to sort of chip away at this, right? You, That's it's right. Not something That's you right. do. It's not something you do, uh, and you expect overnight a massive shift. So what are the what are the few things that I have to incorporate into mm-hmm. like a fairly sustainable lymph challenge here? So uh, drinking water. And if you don't drink water now, start slowly. Uh, people say water tastes bad. And I so then I wonder, are there taste buds working? Right. So that's what about zinc. their stomach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if it, if it tastes bad. I say put a little lemon in it, put a little lime in it, put a micro pinch of salt in it. Mm-hmm. Or for some of ginger lovers, which I am, I put a little slice of ginger in my water. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put a little taste in it, not sweet, 
just mm-hmm. some taste. And um, uh, also begin skin brushing. Okay. Um, also mindful breathing. So you're breathing, you know, in kind of down to your crotch and then you just let it go out. But it's not forced. It's not, it's not that. It's just you're breathing in. See how your rub, ribs are expanding or not sideways. Like if you put your hands on your sides, are you breathing out against your hands, back against your hands? That's the one we really miss is breathing into the back where we have a lot of room to hold a lot of air there. And out at the front, are we breathing kind of like opening like a flower, you know, breathing. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really Are you talking just like day to day? You're just, you're, you're t- like throughout the day, just make sure you're breathing yeah. properly. And if you're, if you're in anxiety, which we all are right now with COVID, you know, um, go to the bathroom for three minutes and just sit on the toilet, not do anything and just sit there and breathe. Cool. Know? Yep. And, um, uh, I want to do something topical. Oh, put on. Yeah. Yeah. So you can get some lymph cream. Uh, there's many kinds. Um, my favorite is now called cleavers cream from, uh, Genestra Soroyal. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are others. Biomed makes one. Um, pa- Pasco makes one. And then there's one more. And you put some. You don't have to slather it all. You always put some under your collarbones. Then if there's anything in your head, you put it on around the ears, down the throat. Sore throat and get rid of a sore throat really fast. Um, you can put it on your breasts anywhere, but up the tail from the nipple area up towards your armpit. Um if you, uh, it's on your low back, on the groin where your underwear line is, or anywhere in the belly. Uh, and if you're having, um, say you're covering from knee surgery, um, you can put it all the way on the lower leg, up the foot, up the leg, into the groin. All of those things. Or if you broke your arm and it's swelling, um, then you can you can do that. You can... Pump it. And when you're pumping lymph, it's like pumping half set jello under saran wrap. It's very gentle. Yeah. It's very Which has gentle. to do with how, 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 uh, um, not dainty, but how fine the lymphatics yeah. are, right? Yeah. Otherwise, they'll just take it as bullying and go into a grip. They yeah. won't, do, they won't let go because they think, okay, who's, who's challenging me now? That's yeah. my experience of it anyway. Yeah. And I've had occasions where I had one person, an elder person uh, who I'm related to have the a flu really. And her whole shoulder was kind of dislocating in the ribs and she was not doing well. And I, I uh, sat for a lo- very long time and I pushed it as hard as you'd push your eyeball, eyeball pressure, mm-hmm. not even nose pressure, eyeball pressure. And I just pumped that spot and pumped that spot and pumped that spot. And then something kind of almost went. And I thought, okay, the thoracic duct is finally weird. You felt it. Yes. I, that's my recollection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I felt it. I think I felt it because the breathing changed. The person's breathing wasn't as anxious. They were semi comatose. They'd been to the hospital and were told they were fine. They Mm -hmm. were not fine. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, so I just pumped it, but 
And I've worked with babies, really sick, uh, under six months old. And I've done that. And it's so subtle what I'm doing. Uh, but I watch the breathing a lot. And just what their body, if it's crunching up or letting go, or if they're almost uh, shaking, like they're feeling shocky. Mm-hmm. And uh, babies, babies don't make that up. People say, oh, they're just acting out. I go, no, people aren't that smart when they're sick. they're not acting out they're not acting out okay well Vernon let's give you give you opportunity to because I know you you give it you have a little notepad there and I want to make sure that we've addressed everything that you really thought was important for lymph and swampiness because if we've if there's anything else to touch on let's let's do it Well, you know, your kidneys filter your blood 24 hours a day in your whole life. They work continually and then you die. I mean, they work, they don't stop. Otherwise, you would be in such big trouble. So there are little things you can do for the kidneys. For example, parsley or parsley tea, something really green. It works very well. And just eat that. Not not everybody likes coriander, so don't feel like you should have to do that. Parsley actually works better, I think, on the kidneys. Other things that work on another filter, the liver, is just uh, hot water and lemon. Mm -hmm. And beets, if you like them. Not everybody likes them. And and sometimes it's just taste, but sometimes the body's telling you something. I've met maybe half a dozen people in my career that can't eat salmon. I'm thinking, can't eat salmon. Like, I mean, I love salmon, so, or apples. I've also seen that very unusual allergy, but they live in that body. If people tell mm-hmm. you stuff, you have to, until you, they prove that they can't be trusted for accurate information, you have to really listen to what they say. Mm-hmm. And um, skin brushing, let's see, lymph massage, walking, rebounder, rec over tea. No, I'm good. Okay, you hit it. Okay, so then what what we used to do all the time with Kara or whichever guest we were with was uh, leave the show with uh, one sort of take home, because there's a lot here. And mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to listen to this one again. Um, but if there's one thing that you want someone to take home from this idea of swampiness and, and you know, taking care of your lymph, what's that got to be? Skin brushing and drinking water. Mm-hmm simple yep simple cheap and cheerful cheap and cheerful cheap and cheerful is really important and it's not because some things are expensive and you should spend money on it and do it but when you can hand something to people that changes their health and gives them hope and they're in charge of it you've given them a real gift Mm -hmm. a real gift all right. Well, this is a real gift to me. Every time we sit down, we got a few more lined up. Um, and yeah, I hope our next one's listening. going to be, what is your body saying to you? How to listen to your body, to determine what it is saying and who could help you figure out what it means. All right. She's prepared people. She's ready. Okay. So, uh, Verna, thank you so much again. Uh, I always like, I, I mean, I, I, I learned so much. So I just love listening to you and I learned so much. I learned so much. I learned so much. So I'm sure other people are learning too. We'll catch you guys in another, uh, uh, week's time with, with, uh, another episode in the elder series with Dr. Verna Hunt. Thanks Verna. Thank you, David.